welcome you to a Thursday edition of the Tony Basilio Show. John Adams guest hosting with along with Matt Dixon and myself, Brian Hartman. John Adams, good morning. Matt, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Matt. And uh, we certainly miss uh, Tony Basilio. Where do you think he is? I've got a quiz for you. A, on assignment. B, witness protection. Or C, his band, the Fountain City Ramblers, is performing at the White House this evening. I like C. C? I, I like the story about how that came to be. Well, you know what? Joe Biden has made worse decisions. <laughs> and he'll continue to make... Well, I... <laughs> we, we better quit while we're Brian, not so far behind. Brian getting political 30 seconds in. Yeah, we don't want to be political, Brian. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have brought that up. And I mean it I meant it in a good way that he was performing at the White House. And if that is the case, I'm sure things will go great and Joe Biden will enjoy the evening immensely. And, and so will the Fountain City Ramblers. Brian, did you say you wanted to take an early break? Yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to come back. Let's set up the show. Who do we have coming on on the other, not on the other side? Okay. We'll set I wanted up. to talk a little about the the top 25 poll came out this week. The coaches poll, Tennessee was ranked 10th. The AP poll picked by the media will come out next week. So I thought it would be a good time. We can kind of look at the top 10 and see what we like, don't like, any additions we might include, who we might want to kick out. And also, since there's so much talk going on about realignment expansion i'd like to play kind of a fantasy football game in which we pick four teams in the sec that we'd like to kick out and replace them with the four teams from the big 12 brian topmeyer did that on our sec and i did it on the sec unfiltered podcast and went very well so i'm curious as to whom you might kick out might be the same four teams that i picked also, we have a couple of guests. We have Ben Parker from, um, from, that covers Stanford. Stanford is just kind of hanging out there in limbo along with Cal. Uh, they are a league unto themselves, unless you want to include Oregon State and Washington State, members of the rapidly fading Pac-12. Um, so uh, he'll be on and talk about Stanford and what's its next move, if it has a next move. And uh, we also will have on Jeff Danzler from the Georgia Network. Jeff really knows not only Georgia, but the SEC. He's a good writer and very good broadcaster. And uh, I think he'll bring a lot to the show. So that's pretty much it. And hopefully we'll have some callers. I'll be looking forward to Who would you guys, if you could pick one person to call, whom would each of you guys pick? Brian, who would, whom would you pick? One person to call. One person that would call the show, one regular, whom would you pick? Well, I'll say Titans Bill. Oh, okay. And that's that's interesting because Tony often makes it sound as though you and Titans Bill are bitter enemies, and yet you would pick him if you could have one guest. What about you, Matt? Um, I always love it when, uh, when Big Josh calls in. He always brings some excitement to the show, and brings up a really good topic. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Big Josh. Okay, and I think I'll pick uh, mm, about Polish Joe or, or Coach Richard. Dead air. 
Okay, Brian, you want to take a break now? Let's do that, John. Okay. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. 
Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickwire Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across southern middle Tennessee and north Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Del Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Gypsy Kings featuring Tonino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at T-Pac Andrew Jackson Hall for you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com a loud and live production. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. Welcome back to the Thursday edition of the Tony Basilio Show. John Adams sitting in for Tony, Matt Dixon, and myself, Brian Hartman, here with you until 1 o'clock, 11 to 1. And, John, welcome back. Welcome back to the catbird seat. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate that. I thought since Tony was away, it would be appropriate for us to talk about how we really feel about Tony's a tribute of sorts uh, to the man that makes this show go. Uh, Tony is obviously a very talented talk show host. He's a um, mediocre musician, uh, very funny guy, and he has a Dennis Miller-like ability to bring in varied subjects, interject them in his in his monologues or uh, or rants or venting. Uh, he's very good at that. However, as a human being, sometimes Tony can be annoying. Uh, when I'm talking to him on the phone, for example, 
he'll often start up a conversation with somebody else who might be on another line, or maybe it's a fast food restaurant, or maybe he's getting coffee, and he doesn't say, excuse me a second, John, I'll be right back. He just breaks into conversation with somebody else. Sometimes he's just talking to Laura, his wife, After he's and me at, this, at the same time. After he's called you, right? Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I'll, I'll call him and say, hey, he'll say, hey, I'll put you on. Uh, let's put on a three-way conversation with so-and-so. Uh, he's from Philadelphia. He wasn't brought up in the South where... Way back when I was growing up, we were taught good manners in the South, and, and we weren't that rude to people with whom we were carrying on a conversation. You guys have worked with him more often than I have, and I know you think the world of Tony, but there are things about him that have to annoy you uh, on and off the air. So I think this would, would be a great time to discuss those, uh, talking behind his back, so to speak. Uh, Brian, anything you'd like to well, bring up that annoys you about Tony? Well, you know, even when you do get annoyed, you sort of laugh after you're done with your annoyance, whatever that is. You know, yeah, yeah. You always laugh but, if that happens. But, but Shirley, what what bugs you about the way he manages the show at times? I'll I'll, I'll jump in, Brian. I, I know I, I know you'd probably. You might want to hold back some things, but you know, you know, he, he's always, he's always multitasking is what what you're getting at, John. Sure. And what, so I, his brain's <laughs> always in like six different places. My favorite thing, and this almost could be a radio bit. I'm, I really think that sometimes it might be, but when he's trying to tell some like a good piece of information, and he gets like ninety percent of the facts right. But the part that he gets wrong is like like a name, like a person, or, or or it's it's the key part of what he's trying to say, and he like miss miss says somebody's name or or, or gets somebody confused and, and gets the entire thing wrong because he says the wrong name or something, and it completely changes what he's trying to to get across, and he does it so often it's hilarious. Do you think that bothers him? Well, see, I don't, I don't know if he, if he knows, like, I don't oh. know if he ever knows he does that. So you don't point that out to him, and after the no, show, maybe and say, uh, hey, maybe occasionally when it's uh-huh. really like something like breaking news or something like that. But it's just, it's just funny how it happens. All it's almost, it happens so much. I almost think he does it on purpose. <laughs> well, <laughs> so maybe it is a bit. Yeah, now, I, I haven't decided, I, and I, I really want, I actually wanted to ask him about it before, but we'll just do it on air behind his back. Yeah, I really think talking about people behind their back is a is a great thing, and people should do it more often. Um, Brian, you seem to be reluctant to talk about Tony and bring up anything you don't like about him. But when we're talking off air, you're a little bit more forthcoming. <laughs> I, like, I like how he broke his jar of barbecue sauce in the studio one day he broke his why did he have barbecue oh my god i have video of that and uh really and then the time where he fell asleep during one of the post games and somebody hung up and the the phone made a loud disengaging sound and he just jolted right back to wake he fell asleep during the show. During a it, it was show. like it was like three or four yeah. in the morning. It was it was during the Butch Jones Butch Jones's final year. 
And one of those late games, and, and you know, we got beat. And, like, Gary Colquitt was on out in, in FEMA, whatever FEMA quadrant he's in out in Seattle, out in I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever FEMA quadrant. Yes, and he, so he he was still going, and, and and Tony literally fell asleep on air. And, you know, you know how sometimes you get, like, the, the explosion when a caller hangs up? It, it yeah. was that to the extreme, and it jolted Tony awake. <laughs> you know, I can remember now that we're talking about it. I remember one time years ago, um, I was in studio with Tony during a, doing a show. And uh, he asked me a question. We're sitting there across the table from each other, each with a mic, and he asked me a question. And then he just got up and walked off. <laughs> I'm talking. I don't know if he's coming back or not. I have no idea. There was no warning. He just leaves. So I figured, well, I guess I need to keep talking as long as I can and until he gets back. So um, anything else you can think of, Matt? Uh, well, let me think. One thing, Tony has a more varied interest in sports than I do, and that's my shortcoming. Uh, UFC fighting, that Tony could talk, do a whole show on on fighting, don't you think? And particularly if he had his hero, Tony Vitello, on the show. Tony is so gushing with praise of Tony Vitello, it makes me a little uncomfortable on air. Uh, that's what I, I wonder. Huh? We were going to bring that up. We have to bring that up. Yeah, I mean, Tony Vitello is a great success story. He's revived a dormant baseball program at UT. He's one of the best baseball coaches in the country. And I would bet right now he's recruiting somewhere because he's a recruiting maniac. And he has varied interests, some of which he shares with uh, Tony Basilio, the two Tonys. And one of that is UFC fighting. And they could do, they easily could fill a two-hour show on that subject, but I don't know that I would want to be a part of it. Well, I, I wish uh, he, he should do a MLS show about how he listened to various games. Do you, what, do you games think Vitello could get all of Basilio's attention for like a 10-minute span at one time? No. I don't like, think like he when he's Like when he's talking to him off air, do you think he's also talking to Laura? Or do you think he ignores the entire world and is talking just to Tony okay. Vitello? Okay, that that's a good point. Now that I think about it, yes, I think he could be totally focused talking to Tony Vitello. Um, in fact, sure? uh, I wonder sometimes because there's such strong feelings Tony has for the other Tony, the baseball coach, I could almost see Tony Basilio, I guess I should use the last name since we've got two Tonys. I could almost see Basilio breaking down in tears of joy at some point during a conversation. I don't think that's far-fetched. Is, uh, is there anything else you think we should bring up about Tony Basilio? I think it's a really good time to just kind of get it all out there. How about the way he handles the callers? Anything strike you about that? And I know Tony loves his callers. He says time and time again, this is the year of the caller. I think every year is the year of the caller. It's the decade then of the caller. We'll have yes. a show that's guest heavy, and we won't have a caller on till about 10 to 1. Yeah, he won't take the first call till 1230. <laughs> but he's very, still... Very, very shameful he treats his, his audience that way. 
do you think, Brian, you brought up if you could have anybody on, any any guest caller, rather, would call in our show, and you pick Titans Bill. Do you think Tony treats Titans Bill with the respect he deserves as a caller? Oh, yeah, I definitely think he does. He gives Titans However, Bill probably... I, I, re- I remember once it seemed like Titans Bill had been on hold for an awfully long time before but Tony finally went Titans to him. Titans Bill will get more airtime than he would most places, though. He'll get more airtime here than he will most places, he calls. That's a good point. Tony will let people get off topic and kind of wander into the hinterland and whatever strikes their fancy. And I think that's an attribute. Um, do you think there are callers that Tony hates? And we won't mention any names, but do you think there are callers that Tony actually hates? Matt? Uh, but besides, besides the guy that uses the payphone at, at a pilot, no. That gets about a word in most most calls. No, I, I don't think there's any caller he hates. Wait, explain that to me. He calls from a payphone. Are you that's, joking? That's that's the rumor. <laughs> so, so, is it a small mic cattleman? What what do we want to call him, Brian? I know we probably don't want to devote much airtime to him because Tony sure doesn't. Gino oh, Adams. Tony. What Brian? Gino Gino Adams. Oh yeah, I've heard that. Okay, well, we better leave that topic for another day. Perhaps when, when Tony's here. Um, we're about in a few minutes. We're going to bring on Jeff Danzler uh, from Georgia. He's with the Georgia Network. Been covering Georgia for a long time. Really has the inside scoop on the Bulldogs. Just question I have for both of you. Georgia's going for a. Uh, basically an unprecedented three national titles in a row. Uh, Minnesota, I think, did it in the 1930s, and who knows what Minnesota's schedule looked like at that time. But we know it wasn't playing a, a four-team playoff. We know it wasn't going through an SEC schedule. What do you think of George's chances, Matt? I, I, I think it'll be a massive upset if they're not in the playoffs. I mean, they're, Tennessee's the only game that they play where they're not projected to be a, a double-digit favorite. So, I mean, it, it would be a, a big upset if they're not in the playoffs. So, I, I mean, I, I, of course, I said last year that there, you know, there's a loss somewhere on their schedule at least, and that I just didn't think there's any chance that they would repeat. Not for any real like on the field reason, just just how difficult it is and. They they proved me wrong there, and they look, you know, to just kind of be rolling. We'll we'll see what their quarterback situation is, but I think it's a massive upset if they're not one of the last four teams standing. I think a lot of people feel that way, but as you point out, it's so hard to win two in a row, much less three in a row. And Matt, I wonder about going back to last season. I mean, you look at the schedule and you say Georgia, of course, will be favored by against everybody in the regular season. Maybe a double-digit favorite. I could see it even in Neyland Stadium being a 10-point favorite. Might not be, but it could be. However, you go back to last season, and Missouri had Georgia on the ropes. It really did. Um, So I just wonder if there could be a team like that, one that we would never, looking at the season ahead, one we would never pick, um, that might come out of the 
come out of the shadows and upset Georgia. I mean, to me, that's a possibility because Georgia is so good when it's playing a really good team. It brings out the best of the team. They'll have to play way down to somebody, and they could sleepwalk. There's always a game or two where you just kind of sleepwalk on your schedule for whatever reason. Sure. And they don't do that. Yeah, no, I think every team. Every team does that once. You, I mean, you can't play your your kind of a, a peak level for 12, 15 games a year. There's always two or three games where some things just don't go right, um, and and the great teams overcome that. And but that the Missouri one, I, to me, that would probably be that game at Auburn. I think it's their first road game of the season, and they basically won't. Well, I think they play South Carolina early, but that's at home, so they'll probably be up for that. But that game at Auburn. You got the Hugh Freeze factor. Um, that, I think that that could be a potential kind of trap game for them. Well, you mentioned the Hugh Freeze factor. That's a good point. If you look at Auburn, you go back and look at what George uh, Auburn was last year, and you just think oh, that's a game Georgia can show up and win. But it's one of those SEC rivalry games, the oldest SEC rival in, rivalry in existence. Really, they've been playing every year forever. Uh, and Hugh Freeze, you got to look at his track record too. Um, he beat Alabama twice with Nick Saban when he was at Ole Miss. He's a really good coach. He's really good at offensive coach. He brings out the best in quarterbacks. And Auburn Jordan Hare Stadium is a is a tough venue. If Auburn go back a couple of years ago when when Auburn almost beat Alabama, remember that Brian Bryce Young pulled it out for them. But until then, it looked like Auburn might pull off a tremendous upset. And that was with Brian Harson as a coach. Hugh Freeze is a much better coach. So I think that's a good game to bring up, particularly when you could have a new starting quarterback, probably Carson Beck, making his first start, SEC start, away from Sanford Stadium. So that's a possibility. Brian, do you see anybody else? Do you see anybody you could point to? I think other than Tennessee, I think we all agree. Tennessee with Neyland Stadium, uh, the big offense, poses a threat to Georgia. Anybody else, if you could pick one team that you might say could pull off an upset against Georgia? Well, the others that, if you look at it, you've got possibly an Ole Miss. They play Ole Miss and with Kiffin. Is that game in Oxford? Or is that game in Sanford? Uh, hmm. If that's if that's at night in Oxford, I would I would pick maybe that game. Yeah. Well, for some reason, I think Kiffin is better as an underdog on the road. It, it feels like when they play games at home, like the big games, they kind of they kind of get embarrassed a little bit. But they're, yeah, I think he might be a better road coach. But either way, that that's always a potential trap game with with Kiffin's offense. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one too. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ole Miss, Ole Miss is a better team now than when I looked, thought about it in the spring. It just it, it added a running back from Oregon State. It's as though the transfer portal never closes for Ole Miss. It's like everybody else has a deadline period, but Ole Miss seems to bring guys in whenever. And that's because it had, the running back's a graduate transfer, and we forget that you can add a graduate transfer uh, at any time. Um, so, but this is, it could be if, if if Jackson Dart, or I think he'll be the starter again, if he comes through for Ole Miss, it's a very talented offense. 
And, of course, uh, he's a very talented uh, offensive coach, Giffen is. So um, let's see. Brian, this is uh, for total transparency. Uh, I'm going to send you another. Or can, Do you have a number uh, Jeff could call us on? Yeah, I'll, I'll text it to you. Okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I've, I've got some other callers. Let's let's. You want to take a call while we're waiting? We we can take one call okay. and then we'll go let's to Jeff. See yeah. who we have here. Polish Joe. Speaking Polish of Joe, asking you shall receive. That's right, guys. How we doing? We're doing well. Uh, John, you know the last few days he's uh, told the Basilio man's been calling you Pandering John. Did you Excuse me. Catch any of that? The last few shows, he's been uh, naming you Pandering John. Have you heard it? Wow. I guess he says I'm pandering uh, to UT because I'm uh, writing glowing accounts of the Vols. Is that it? That's it. That is it. I got an email to to that effect, and uh, personally, I resent that. Uh, Tony didn't say that to my face. He went behind my back. As we've been doing today, so maybe that's appropriate. Um, no, I just think Tennessee will be really good. Uh, now, I've, I've been wrong before. But, see, it's as though I've been perceived here as a columnist. Anytime you write one column that's negative about a program, then a lot of people deem you forever negative. So it doesn't matter what I write that might be positive or what they perceive as positive they would think of me as being negative. And also, if you go back, think back. So I came here in 87 and think all all that's gone wrong with Tennessee sports during that period. So there were a lot of negative things. Um, so I I just write what I think, and and maybe Tony doesn't like that. And, and I'd appreciate it if he'd tell me that to my face and, and not just behind my back. I had to I had to bring that up because the last few shows he started a chant, FTF, for coming after me, as fade that fool. And then he yesterday he started saying fade the poly, talking about my bad pick. Well, um, so he's starting all that. Okay, the, well Tony's made some bad picks too. Oh yeah, um, that's one of the things he he loves going on on someone else's bad takes. But believe me, there's been a lot by Basilio. Well, you bring up one thing that that irks you a little bit about Tony. Is there anything else that rubs you the wrong way with Tony Basilio, the esteemed founder and host, usual host of the show? Well, no, knowing Matt and Brian and you, John, and they, they, you guys know me. That I've been around a lot of nutty people in my life, and this yes. has never happened. This, I have called his cell phone probably two or three times, probably before the show, 10, 10 o'clock, nine thirty, trying to talk to him. And this guy has answered my call in the shower on speakerphone. <laughs> I go. What are you? What? What do I? What are you doing? Oh, I'm in the shower. What? That's that's really that? inappropriate. It's just insane. Uh, I hope he doesn't do that with Fitello. <laughs> We're waiting for someone. To- oh no! You shouldn't have even said that, man. Now the <laughs> other, my last, my last thing is: what's the odds or chances 
I guess he went to Jersey Shore, that area. What's the odds or chances that Vitello is in that area doing a recruiting trip? If 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 Vitello is where? In, around the Jersey Shore on recruiting. And Tony's chasing he's, him around. He's not on the Jersey Shore, I bet. I bet he's in California. If I had to pick a place. He recruits the out one, there a lot. The one... The one on the call that I, I wish they would be on the app was it was the day after the Eagles lost the Super Bowl last year, and uh, Roger was giving them hell about wanting to talk about the Eagles, and it, it, it takes a lot to get under Basilio's under his nerve. He takes a lot, but I really like it when people finally get to him where he'll lose it for about thirty seconds. Do you think he really loses it, or is he just acting because he's a really good actor? I, I think uh, I, I think I've heard that a, a few times I've heard him lose it, and it's pretty it's pretty comical to me. It's like a little chihuahua. <laughs> Polish Joe, he's insulted you a number of times in my presence. Did that does that have any effect on you at all? No, none at all. I didn't think I didn't think so. Hey, Polish none, Joe, I, thanks for calling, and uh, out of respect, I'll call you by both names. Um, Brian, I think uh, Jeff will be calling into us, so hopefully we'll get him on in a matter of seconds. All right, uh, let's let's start another call while we wait for him and go right ahead. Okay. Yeah. Good morning, guys. How are y'all? Who we got? How you doing? This is Jason. Jason. Yeah. Uh, you hit on. Okay, so. <laughs> Is the subject matter been changed about picking on Tony since he's gone? Well, you can talk about anything you want. I mean, if you want to, if there's some things about <laughs> right. Tony that you, you that bother you, you I feel feel free to vent. Of course, you're the caller. Go up. Yeah, right it, well, it's your show right now, nice Jason. That's nice to know because you sure can't do it when Tony's on there. You can't pick on him. He won't take. He won't. You won't last long on his call. That's a joke. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Miss- so you're, yeah, he's kind of, uh, I, I got oh, yeah. you. Go ahead then, Jason. What, what's on your mind about well, Tony you, or you anything? Well, kind of nailed it on your last point. Uh, his caller, you know, you're the caller, you know, that, that don't sit well. I mean, there's, there's times he, you know, he, I know he has guests and they, they certainly take preference and they bring a lot of information and they're great to hear and all that. I, I'm not going there. I mean, that, that's understandable. Uh, standing by, but when you're on a call and you're sitting there and you've been holding for 30, 45 minutes, and he says, uh, "Let's go to call," and then before he says another word, he starts another subject, and he'll talk on <laughs> on it for 10 or 15 minutes, <laughs> and then he'll say again, oh, "Well, let's go to call," and he'll do it again, <laughs> and so it aggravates me to go in. I love him. I love him, show. Obviously, I wouldn't be calling. Uh, he'll like like to listen, but it is aggravating, and uh, but anyway, I do appreciate what like you bring on Thursdays because you don't let him get too far off base, if that's the right way to put it. You will well, well it, it, respectfully, it is Tony's show, and he does a great job with it. So he kind of has a free reign, and he controls things. Uh, Jason, what do you think is the longest you've ever held to be on Tony's show? <laughs> Oh, I'm easily say I've, I've, I've held for 45 minutes or better. 
45 minutes? And, and what, were, what were you doing, I mean, while you're holding? You're just listening to the show, holding the phone? Uh-huh. That's right. So did you not, did you ever have arm fatigue? Pardon? Did you ever have arm fatigue if you're holding that phone, or maybe you had it on speaker? <laughs> well, yeah, I usually I'm usually listening to the show. I'm retired, so I'm usually listening to the show while I'm walking in the mornings. And so, yeah, absolutely, because I got to have my phone in my pocket and I'm holding it up, and you know. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess uh, you might say I have. Jason, but anyway, we, um, we appreciate it. we got to go to our special guest, Jeffrey Dansler. Okay, all right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, appreciate sir. It. Let's get uh, for Jason for the call. Thanks, Polly Joe, for the call. Let's get to Jeffrey Dansler. Jeffrey, welcome. You're on with Brian Hartman, John Adams, and Matt Dixon. I'll tell you, I haven't been called Jeffrey since my mom in second grade, but it, it's great to be on with I you. I apologize for that. <laughs> it's, it's fine. John's one of my all-time favorites, a good friend, and I think he is the uh, greatest writer since Dan Jenkins. That's high praise there, John. <laughs> that is high pro- Thank you, Jeff. I really appreciate that. And and I want to apologize to our last caller, Jason, because, Brian, I thought you were a little ab- abrupt in getting dismissing him from the show after he just talked about how loyal he was and that he'd waited as long as 45 minutes to get a call in. I didn't want uh, so our guests to have to wait, I, though. You you what? I didn't want Jeff to have to wait any longer. Okay, well I I can appreciate that because yeah. I've I've spoken very highly about Jeff. So okay, but apologies to Jason uh, if he perceived what you did as as being totally rude. And hopefully you'll call back and we'll get you on in about forty five minutes. Uh, Jeff Jeff is uh, Jeff knows really knows Georgia football as well as anybody, and he's really a student of SEC sports as well he's uh i just finished reading his bulldog illustrated preseason publication did a great job on that jeff and and really a creative cover that you did um so jeff does uh he'll have his show start starting next monday uh that's noon to one i think and that jeff where where is that show aired it's in georgia Yes, down from uh, Macon down to the coast, down to the Florida line. So we have Macon, Brunswick, and Savannah, and uh, looking forward to that. So it's uh, kind of get back in, in the daily grind of uh, do, doing the daily show. So we're excited about it. And, yeah, you know, everybody this time of year, I kind of think August is the slowest month. We always talk about that talking season being June and July once, once the College World Series is done. But now – I've always found once August starts and everybody's practicing, you really don't want to hear anything because that's usually bad news, as in somebody got <laughs> hurt in practice. You're right. Uh, nothing can – well, you hear a lot of optimistic talk, Jeff. Every – there's nobody – you'd never interview a coach or player on any team in which the player says, well, I, I don't really think we'll be that good this year. You know, I know this team very well. Just not that talented, and frankly, our chemistry is pretty bad. You never hear that in preseason camp. But Jeff, no, you, you're you're a football historian, so you know the odds are stacked heavily against Georgia winning a third straight national championship. I've been around a long time, but not long enough that I can remember Minnesota winning three consecutive national titles. I don't know what the Gophers' schedule was like, 
<laughs> but I bet it didn't have to beat LSU or Alabama in a conference playoff game. So, what no, do you, you, you go right, ahead, Jerry. No, and I was going to say that Minnesota team that wasn't consensus that they didn't win at the AP poll all those years. So you're right; the deck is stacked, and the closest anybody's really come in, in the modern era was Southern Cal in 2005. You know, Reggie Bush wasn't in the game on a fourth and one, and he he tried the lateral. Then Vince Young had his magic. Uh, I, I would think one of the things that that might make this season so interesting is the fact that if you go back and look last year, I felt like there were six teams that, that had separated themselves. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, the playoff teams, Tennessee, and Alabama. And, and they're sitting, obviously, Milton, because of Hooker's injury, started the last two games for Tennessee. But of those six teams, Michigan is the only one that brings back its starting quarterback. So I think, A, you might feel like that opens things up. I'm really bullish on LSU this year. But, B, also for the teams that have been those regular contenders like Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, I think if three or four of those teams had their quarterbacks back, it might be a bit of a longer shot. So I think if this is a year for a contender to break in a new quarterback, it times out pretty well because so many of the other contenders are. You know, that goes for the East as well. I mean, Kentucky's going to have a new quarterback. Florida's going to have a new quarterback. Jeff, you talk about, I mean, everybody talked about Georgia's great defense the last two years, rightfully so, just full of future NFL players. But let's face it, I don't know too many quarterbacks that could have done what Jeff Stetson Bennett did in that Ohio State game. And he had a remarkable career. And it was most remarkable when a game was on the line and Georgia appeared to be on the ropes. He was so clutch. So his successor uh, seems to be Carson Beck, uh, a talented passer from what I've seen. Just what do you think of that, the quarterback competition right now? What are, you con- what are your concerns about the position and maybe Beck in particular if he is the starter? And, and what does he do well? Well, John, you hit on it there with Stetson. He was so clutch. He was the MVP of four college football playoff games and an SEC championship game. The guy counted for six touchdowns against TCU and led the comebacks against Alabama and Ohio State. So we're going to miss that a lot. He made plays with his legs, and he was just a gritty competitor. And I think with Beck, if he's the guy or whether it's Gunnar Stockton or Brock Vandegrift is just how they're going to perform when the band's playing, when the lights are on. You know, if it's 21-17 Tennessee and Knoxville with, with two minutes to go in the fourth quarter and the dogs have got it on their own 35, do they have that right stuff? I think the other big question for Georgia, we also lost a great place kicker in Jack Podlesny. Both Stetson and, and Podlesny were, were walk-ons when they came to Georgia, which is interesting. But both had incredible careers, and by no means am I a football X's and O's expert, but I can tell you this. At any level of football, if you want to win big, you better trust your quarterback and your kicker. And there's only one way to find out, and, and that's when we start playing. So to me, I, I think that's Georgia's biggest question mark. Can the quarterback and kicker come through in the clutch? Well, you bring up the kicker. Think how many more national titles Bobby Bowden at Florida State would yeah. have had. If he'd have had a guy that could hit that, hit that thirty-five to forty-five yard field goal with the game on the line, in particular against Miami, um, no you doubt. Mentioned- you know, 
You mentioned a couple more. of guys. You mentioned kicker, quarterback. Two other uh, two other losses. Todd Munkin is a play caller. I thought he was brilliant in that in that comeback against Ohio State, and uh, and also in the middle of your line, you had Jordan Davis, and then last year you had Jalen Carter, back to back first round picks. How do you think those replacements will do? That, that's another great question. Mike Bobo, who's been the offensive coordinator here for Coach Rick, uh, will take over the offensive coordinator. He, he's a very talented play caller and an excellent recruiter. I think, uh, and, and he was one of those analysts last year, and, and, and he, was, he was helping out calling some of the plays. So I, I think that's not going to be that much of a problem. I think what Todd Munkin did, and Kirby did a good job bringing in that outside set of eyes, and, and he came up with, and what Kirby likes to talk about, you got to run the football to win, to come up with creative ways to run the football. And we've seen that with, with Brock Bowers and Ladd McConkey and Stetson Bennett. It's not just the running back. So I, I think Mike will continue with that. And then as far as, as those interior defensive linemen, those great ones are harder to find than quarterbacks are. And Georgia's had four defensive line first-round picks the last two years, and to find those disruptors, those guys that can get in and stuff the run, and more importantly, pressure that quarterback. When you can get pressure on the quarterback without having the blitz, that numbers game changes your way. So I think Georgia's defensive front will be very good, but I don't know if there's that inside pass-rushing disruptor. Probably the, the best bet is a defensive end. He's not an interior guy, Michael Williams who had four-and-a-half sacks as, as a freshman last year. So he could be a guy to keep an eye on. And then you got a couple of veterans up there, Zion Logan, Nazir Stackhouse. These guys are fourth- and fifth-year players. They're 22, 23 years old. So just having that kind of experience and leadership is very big. Jeff, when you, you, you mentioned the, the defensive line, it's not just in pass rush, especially against Tennessee. Uh, George is one of the few teams that has handled Tennessee's offense. Uh, and I think a big factor in that is the front seven. It can stop the run without aid from its safeties and its DBs. Yeah. It doesn't have to get involved. Let the, it doesn't need those guys to get involved in run defense. So that frees those guys to play the pass, which is so crucial against Tennessee. If you have to devote safeties to the running game consistently, Josh Heupel is going to get a receiver open, and you saw that a lot against Alabama in that 52-49 to win. Uh, so I think against Tennessee, maybe more so than anybody, if your front seven is good enough to handle the run, you'll be in pretty good shape. I agree with you completely. Again, John, it comes down to that, it comes down to that numbers game, and, and Georgia's defensive front played great against Tennessee the last two years. The dogs have, have led the nation and run defense two years in a row. And that's one stat. I don't care how much the game evolves. You go back and look year after year, NFL, college, whatever it may be, teams that are good against the run are going to have great years. I and mean, I'll guarantee you look at the top ten run defenses, five or six of them finished in the top ten in the polls. And, and to me, that was a big difference between Georgia and Alabama's defense last year. And, and Tennessee was really able to, to shred Alabama and, and that kind of goes back to, I'm going to talk about how, how to make a watch here. 
what Nick Saban <laughs> talked about when, when he got Tua and, and Mac Jones and Young in there. That passing game, that elite downfield passing game, it's so seductive. It, it, it's almost easy. But at the same time, you lose some of that toughness. And, and, and because that's what you're doing, and that's what you're practicing against, too. Kirby, in many ways, has been the contrarian. And we even had some fans barking, we need to do this offensively. We need to do that offensively. And George obviously still throws the ball and does it very well. But I think you saw in the fourth quarter of the 2021 National Championship game, Georgia was the more physical team than Alabama. And that was not the case in, in the meetings when, when Georgia lost those heartbreaking games to Alabama back in the 2010s, in particular the national title game. But that script flipped on that. And I think it showed not only the national championship game, but then in that game against Tennessee, just measuring what Tennessee did against Alabama's defense compared to Georgia's defense. That's a really good point, Jeff. And when I think about Tennessee, Josh Heupel wants to run the ball, and he's been been very effective doing it. People are, are, are dazzled by the passing game and the quick scores. But he's been really effective running the ball, spreading the field with the receivers, mm-hmm. running up up tempo, and then running the ball. Georgia can handle that, but a lot of teams can't. But that's an error I think Tennessee still needs to get better at. It needs to get better in overall in the offensive line to be able to line up in short yardage situations and get those tough yards. And it needs running backs who can make those tough two, three yards when a first down is, is hanging in the balance. So that's a really good point. And, and Matt or, or Brian, do you have any questions you want to bring up for Jeff? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll ask that, the question that you posed earlier, John. Um, where, when, you, when you just look at, at Georgia's schedule, um, you know, I think that the Tennessee game is probably the, the one that a lot of people circle, but um, where where's the kind of trap game like Missouri was last year? Where 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 do you think that could potentially be for for Georgia this year? I, I think any of them could be. As we all know, you got to be ready in the SEC. And, and what happened? I think you guys know because Tennessee had to bail out of its game with Oklahoma. Georgia was supposed to play Oklahoma in week two, and nobody here was happy when when the league basically forced the hand because Oklahoma and Texas are coming in a year early. So, number one, you don't feel like you're battle-tested, especially in a road game. Number two, it's got to be hard to to have that same kind of focus in preseason camp. And then number three, if you're talking about being in the playoff mix, you don't have that margin for error Georgia had the last two years after beating Clemson and Oregon. But what worries me is when that South Carolina game in week three is tight or when Georgia's on the Plains in week five, first road game, and it's it's rocking over there and it's tight, that this team would not have been battle-tested. So losing that Oklahoma game, I, I think, is a huge blow. Uh, it, it, and I will, I will tell you, to answer your question again, Missouri, uh, which is always tough, they've got all their starters back on defense, and Georgia plays Mizzou in Athens the week after that Florida game. And, and, and the, the week after Georgia-Florida is just always always a, 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 an iffy, iffy game. So um, there, but listen, I grew up with Vince Dooley and Larry Munson, so I worry about them all. <laughs> well, Jeff, just you know the SEC really well. So beyond Georgia, uh, what are some of the things that stick out for you going into this SEC season? 
I, I think number one, it, it's that West race that LSU with, with Brian Kelly. I mean, let, let's face it, no disrespect to any of these coaches I'm about to mention. LSU won national championships with Les Miles and Ed Orgeron. They're going to be really good with Brian Kelly. And they've got the quarterbacks. They, they, they've got them both back and a lot of talent. I, I think Texas A&M is fascinating to me. I mean, John, what could go wrong with Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino paired together? <laughs> uh, you <know>. It's very <laughs> it's very combustible, but Bobby Petrino has a great track record with quarterbacks and offenses. Uh, he does. And then I, I think in the East, you know what's fascinating? Florida, the last 10 years, has had four losing seasons, and four different coaches have had them. They've always got talent. But what tends to happen with Florida, when they lose early, they, 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 they mail it in. So is Florida able to bounce back? And I, I think the big thing with Tennessee is handling the expectations because they're big now. And, and I think it's similar for South Carolina. They got Spencer Rattler back. They're recruiting really well. I mean, they had those wins over Tennessee and Clemson, which were absolutely epic. But again, now the folks in Columbia, you know, they're thinking major bowl and along those lines. And handling expectations is very tough because the other part of that, when you lose that first game or that second game, where do you go from there? So I think those are some of the some of the big storylines there. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And I look forward to being on your show sometimes. So anytime, John, I appreciate you. You guys do such a great job, and you know you're always one of my all-time favorites, my friend. Thanks, Jeff. Take care. Okay, buddy. Bye. Thank you, Jeff. John, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get back to Ben Parker on the other side, who's with Rivals who cover Stanford. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby king of the precious stones for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224.
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big, no tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113 or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Automobile Keys is a local, family-owned and operated car key programming business. Whether you need a smart key, switchblade key, key fob, transponder key, or just a basic car key replacement, we're your best choice for affordable, programmable replacement keys in minutes. Give us a call at 615-878-9087 or visit our website at automobilekeys.com. You can email us at cody at automobilekeys.com. Automobile Keys is a proud sponsor of Whitthorn Middle School football. Come by our van out front after the game and say hello. Go Tigers! This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Back to the Thursday edition of the Tony Basilio Show. John Adams presented to you by Seniors Helping Seniors and SeniorsHelpingSeniors.com. John, say a few Thanks. words here about this great organization. Yeah, um, Ray Bales uh, founded this organization, does a great job with it, uh, a couple of years ago, we had lunch. Tony and I had lunch with him and Craig Jenkins, and and talked about me coming aboard. And, and it's really, it's really a great organization. It's something you should check into if you know someone, or if you're in this situation where you need some help with little things. It doesn't have to be medical assistance. It could just be a ride somewhere, a ride to the doctor. Uh, another senior. Uh, We'll come to your home. We'll help you out. You can, uh, it'll give you some companionship too. I mean, it's more than a business. It's a relationship. And, and sometimes I know when you're senior, I'm a senior myself. You have, you have to deal with a lot of medical issues, but there are other things that sometimes they, they seem small, but they can become big when you don't have assistance. And, and Ray Bales does a great job with this and, and pairing workers with, with uh, people who who need some help, so uh, check it out if you think 
that's something that would work for you. WJBE, 1040 AM, 99.7 FM. Translator, W259AP. Powell, Knoxville. And before we get back into it, we're going to introduce our next guest. That is Ben Parker from Rivals.com. Ben covers Stanford, and it's been a pretty a big whirlwind here for the Cardinal over the last week. The conference they've been in for literally decades and decades, I guess the only big one they've ever been in, just disintegrates overnight due to some very poor leadership. Ben, how are things going on that end? And, and I guess the ACC has said, well, we'll get back to you later. Interesting. Um, you know, uh, I think Stanford, uh, you know, is just, uh, they're kind of in a limbo state where they, they know that I think they at least feel like their brand is kind of too big for the Big 12 and they don't want to just automatically hop into that pool. But then ACC is kind of like, I don't know, we'll see. And then the Big 10 is, uh, you know, also at least for now saying they don't want to expand. So they're kind of stuck in a no man's land situation right now. Ben, one of the things I've noticed with all the realignment and expansion uh, movement we've had is he who hesitates seems to be lost. Uh, the victory often goes to the aggressor, and the Big Ten has been very aggressive. The Big 12 has been very aggressive. The ACC, a different entity because of the grant of rights clause that seemingly has programs there, shackled there, uh, almost imprisoned forever. <laughs> And, uh, of course, the Pac-12, which uh, I've watched a lot of Pac-12 through the years uh, because sometimes I'm through with my work on Saturday and I watch those late-night Pac-12 games, seen a lot of great games and seen a lot of great Stanford games. I could go remember watching John Elway, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, college and pro, when he played at Stanford. So it does make me sad to see the Pac-12 just disintegrate before our eyes. Do you think, would you say Stanford, is Stanford maybe too proud to make the move it needs to make? That's a really good question. Yeah, it's very possible. Um, uh, in a lot of ways, the Big 12 makes a lot of sense for them just because of the geography and more than half of their former Pac-12 uh, brethren, if you want to call them that, are there. Um, so yeah, it's very possible that that's where they need to be. Um, but given that they've seen Oregon and Washington, UCLA and USC go to the Big Ten and, and UCLA and USC in particular are, are, you know, sort of their academic peers in the conference, the two California, the two other California programs, I can see why they would first exhaust all options there before making a move. But, yeah, it's entirely possible that, like, look, Big 12 is the best they can do, and it might not be where they, they want to be, but it's, I mean, you know, it's certainly better than going to the AAC or going to the Mountain West or something. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's entirely possible that, like, look, Big 12 is where they have to be right now, um, and they got to suck it up and, and then just kind of perform well there and, and earn a Big Ten or ACC invite after that. So, yeah, it's very possible that that's where they, that's ultimately what needs to happen here. Well, the thing about I like about the Big 12 option is it's not such a, an enormous road trip, a trip that you would have to make way too often, in my opinion. I know the Big Ten gets a lot of credit for enjoining Oregon, Washington, Southern California, and UCLA. 
However, as good as it sounds and as good as it reads right now, when you actually get into the practicality of executing that, I think it's going to be very challenging in all sports to go across country, whether you're going east or west. And uh, Stanford has a lot of smart people. I wonder if that will, they will give that the appropriate weight and how much they might think about that. Yeah, no, well, that's, that's exactly why I, I sort of thought initially that Big 12 just kind of made the most sense for them. Like, I mean, if we're talking like pure collection of schools, you'd rather be in the Big 10, of course, but Stanford is, is, a, is an athletic program that really does care about, I mean, they obviously care about football. You know that that the, the you know on TV you might not see that with the lack of fans they said uh, have, but they do care about football. But they also really do care about having a well-run athletic department, and they care about the student athlete experience. And I, I agree with you. I think you look at the, the travel of the big of the Big Twelve, um, it'd be way way more manageable. And 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 and, and on that note, you just got to think that for the Big Ten, you know. For, for their own sake, I mean, they might at some point just look at Stanford and Cal because just to ease travel burdens of their programs. But yeah, I agree. That's that's exactly why I sort of initially thought Big Twelve made the most sense was to travel. But it looks like they're they're knocking on other doors at least first before they commit to that route. So, if uh, man, if I put a crystal ball in front of you, where do you think? How do you think it'll play out? What do you think will be the in game for Stanford. Yeah, if I if you I would say that I mean there's so many different possibilities, so it's hard to say. I, I would say this. I, I think if you just kinda of look at the momentum of things, I would say that what probably makes the most sense is that the Big Ten does eventually come calling and and and, and offers them and Cal a spot. Just because that Stanford and Cal sort of fit the momentum and sort of shape of what the Big Ten is trying to build out west, right? Um, they're, the, they're the only other two, like, really marquee powerhouse academic schools left out there. Um, and you mentioned the Big Ten and the logistics challenges they have. If you're them, you had Stanford and Cal, along with Oregon and Washington and UCLA and USC. Like, that really does ease things a lot travel-wise. It's still a lot of challenges, even if you add Stanford and Cal. But th- that would ease travel burdens a lot, and they fit the academic profile that the Big Ten wants, and a lot of Big Ten presidents want them. So I would say that's probably where this is headed. But the big question is when does it head that way? Does the Big Ten want to do it next week? Do they want to do it next year? Do they want to wait a couple of years? So I, I think like long term, that's where they'll end up. But the big question is like when. And in the meantime. What do you do? Which is why I, I keep bringing a Big Twelve, but you know, you could go Big Twelve and just hang out there until that invite from Big Ten comes. But I think long term that's where they'll go. But it's just a function of okay. uh, Ben. Ben, you uh, you've got a lot of insight on this. I really appreciate it. Uh, Brian or Matt, do you have any more questions for Ben? What do you think was the hang up for the ACC? Do you think it was just the travel? Yeah, I, I think, and, and, and it, I think so. I think so. I, I also think I also think the other piece of it, too, because I know there's been reports that Notre Dame is really a lot of it. I think the other piece of it, too, is there are some 
programs in the ACC that are more that are I think all your high academic. And this isn't the cast shot on other schools that are maybe not as high academic, but I think like you have all your high academic schools that are more that look more well rounded athletic departments that are uh, like Duke, for example, and Notre Dame. Like they're going to want to be affiliated with Stanford and Cal, but like other programs, uh, maybe like a Florida State or Clemson, aren't in that same clout. They're not really as interested in that. And then also too, I think. You also just sounds like you just have some ACC programs that are just frustrated with the direction of the conference as a whole, like Florida State and Clemson, and, and and so I think they just look at Stanford and Cal and they're like, well, what are we doing? Because they don't really immediately help the football side out. Um, and then yeah, I also think too as well, and I think for them it actually is valid. Like adding a couple of West Coast programs to their conference geographically makes no sense whatsoever. So I think it's a combination of those things. And then, yeah, I just think the travel as well. I think I think the end of the day is if they're going to add Stanford and Cal, they've got to add, like, a couple of their programs to, like, form some sort of a region. And it's just sort of hard to, like, figure out who you pair with them. There's some talk about you, but they're not really a fit. And then you could add Oregon State and Washington State, I guess, but those aren't really – they're lower. So, I don't know. It's, I think it's in the day it's like they're looking at us like, okay, do we really want to just add only two West Coast schools? Logistically, that's a real nightmare. Um, so, I think, there's a, I think there's a bunch of things that play. It's not just the travel, but I do think the travel component is why ACC presidents, why five of them at least, are not willing to go. So, Ben, if, excuse me, if, if Stanford does leave the Pac-12, how would that affect your job? I mean... That's a good question. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, my, my job is to provide quality Stanford sports content to, to paying subscribers and wherever Stanford goes, those subscribers are going to remain, are going to remain passionate and interested in Stanford, you know? So, you know, um, that's really all I can say. They're going to remain in, they're going to remain committed to, to giving quality Stanford coverage. Um, but what, what, what is true is that kind of depending on where they go will affect, you know, uh, which programs I cover and, you know, where I travel for conference tournaments and things like that, you know. Um, I do think at the end of the day, I do think Stanford has such a big enough brand that they're going to land somewhere. I just don't see that, like, not happening. Um, and there's a lot of donors and boosters there that, that want us to be playing quality athletics and quality football. Um, I think the brand itself will will carry itself through. But, uh more than anything, the sooner this gets resolved, the sooner I can get back to talking about training camp and football versus all this. So, <laughs> well, Ben, thanks so much for joining joining us. We really appreciate it. Take care. You too. Likewise. Thank you so much. We want to thank Ben from Ben Parker from Rivals dot com. We also want to thank Jeff Dantzler, who was tremendous. So that opens the phone lines for you. Eight six five. Two hundred five four zero two. This is Thursday edition of Tony Basilio's show. Matt Dixon, John Adams, and he is on here in behalf of seniors helping seniors, as you heard him describe so beautifully about what that is all about. And John, let's see if we have somebody on here who's been holding for a while in this year of the caller. Who do we have here? How you doing, John? Titans Bill. Oh, again, asking you shall receive. Uh, Titans Bill, uh, 
I asked uh, Matt and Brian uh, if they could have anybody, any regular caller, call the show today. Who would they pick? And Brian Hartman picked Titans Bill. What do you think of that? I'll tell you what. I think it's an honor. You know, I'll tell you, John. Um, you know, I think you know. I think of I think of Tony like a friend and a brother. I consider him a friend, like I consider you a friend, and, and like I consider Matt a friend and Brian a friend. But there would be times I would want to discuss something else, and he goes, "Well, no, the topic is going to be on UT basketball. We don't want you discussing the Titans." Who tells you that, Titans, Bill? Tony. Tony and I, does. And, and man, and man, I, I called him on his cell phone. I said, "Buddy, you hurt me." Do you really mean he hurt you, or are you just saying that uh, to be overly no, dramatic? Not, no, I'm not making this up. He he did hurt me. I said, "Look, don't I have a right to discuss the Titans? Isn't this a sports calling show?" Well. I can see why you would have an issue with that. I think sometimes Tony can be, Tony has all the power. You need to remember that, Titans, Bill. And I think for the most part, he uses that that power uh, wisely, sort of like a benevolent dictator. But other times, I think he can misuse that power. And maybe yeah. you're an example of that. Even though you consider him a great friend, when he says that to you and he tells you, no, you can't talk about that on air, at that very moment, do you really like Tony or do you hate him? No, I, I don't I don't hate the guy. I figure, hey, it's his show. Okay. He's the one that's hosting it. Let yeah. him discuss what he wants to discuss. Yeah, so you you kind of yield to Tony's wish. And here's the problem with that, Titans, Bill. So you're setting up a dynamic, whereas if Tony says, if you have a disagreement with Tony, and Tony says this is how it's going to be, and then you say, well, it's his show, you see, you give in to Tony. So Tony always knows in a debate you'll give in to him. But next time I want you to try a different tactic. You tell okay. Tony, I'm talking about the Titans, and you can't do anything about it. And if you do, and if you say, I can't talk about the Titans, I won't call your show anymore. Try that. Okay, I'll do that. I'll okay, do yes. that. See how that works. I believe things will go different if you take that approach. Yeah. Well, I let him know about it when I had a private discussion on it. And, you know, but he you, said, you, you know, he said, I'll let you talk Titans. Tight. I'll let you talk about the Titans. I won't oh, gun you down. So you did back Tony down. Sorry. Tony down. Yes, I did. Okay, well, that's what I'm saying. Then I, I, I misconstrue what you're saying. So you're taking the right approach. Uh, and Tony would probably give a musical interlude here with, don't back down. Yeah. Don't ever back exactly. down to Tony, okay? And I did, and I didn't back down. I told him, you know, when I called him on his cell phone. Well, uh, not everybody has his cell number, 
Uh, I will give it out later on the air so the masses will know. I'm just kidding. I won't do that. Uh, Thanks, Bill. We asked Jason, one of our previous callers, we asked Jason, what's the longest he's he's ever held to be on the show? And he said he's held 45 minutes. What is the longest you've ever held before Tony, who brags about this being the year of the caller, every year is the year of the caller? What's the longest you've ever held to talk to Tony? You know, probably around 45 or 50 minutes. Oh, okay. So it sounds like Tony has a strategy there. Uh, he has 45 or uh, 45 minute might be his deadline. What I think you can do so you won't have to hold on as long, you talk to Tony. You've got his number. Talk to him off air and say, Tony, I'm not holding more than 20 minutes ever again. Yeah. You need to yeah. get me on. And once again, I think Tony will back down. Because he needs you on this show. Yeah. You know, and you tell him, said, you tell him if he argues, you tell him when Brian Hartman was asked what caller of all the callers he could have on the show, who would he like to call? He said Titans Bill. You tell Tony <laughs> that. Yeah. I'll do that. But, you know, on the bright side of it, if the one thing that I really loved, is when you and him were on, the, you know, were on, you know, in the pocket that television show that you would talk UT football, and he was playing the long. guitar, and you were you had that uh, singing skeleton. Yeah. And I, lo- I looked at that, and I watched that, and I laughed my full head off. And I made the statement to you when you celebrated my birthday party at Smoother King, Smoothie King. You and him would make Lawrence Wilk look like he was in kindergarten. Well, that's quite a compliment. Thank you very much, Titans Bill. And apparently not, you were one of the few people that were so enamored with that show. It lasted one season. Oh man, I wish it was it still last on. As, as long as Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, that that was a good show. Tides, Bill, do you it, have a question for us, or do you want to just lavish me with praise? What What do you have for us? Uh, no. Uh, well, I do. I do have a. Well, I do have one. You know, comment I'm gonna on gonna make on on, and this is going to be on the Titans. The, you know they're having the same they're having the same type of problem the Vols is having you know offensive line wise, but I think they've signed a couple of offensive linemen. Well, maybe so, the Vols would like to bring in a couple more offensive linemen to beef up that. They have some possibilities there, but Darnell Wright, first round draft pick, was a big loss. So, uh, yeah. uh, give, give me a prediction. How do you think the Titans will do? What's your prediction on the Titans? I don't believe, I don't believe we're going to, I don't believe we're going to go, uh, we're going to have the same type of season we had last, we had last year. If the season started today, I hate to say this, but I'm going to, I'm going to have to pick, uh, Brian Hartman's Jaguars to win that division. But I believe I- if we could go 10 and 7, I feel we'll okay if we go ten and seven. 
their chances of making the playoffs are slim and none. And, you know, they got that new offensive coordinator over there by the name of, you know, of Tim Kelly. I understand they're introducing a new offense. So hopefully that new offense will bring us a better season, John. Well, uh, Tidesville, thanks so much for gracing our show with your presence and uh, also for educating me to the fact that uh, Brian Hartman had purchased the Jaguars. I didn't realize that until you said Brian Hartman's Jaguars. But I think well, he's that's a great. Big, he's Congratulations a big, he's a big Jaguar fan. Ah, okay. Hey, Titansville, thanks so much for calling. And remember, tell Tony 20 minutes, no more, and say it with feeling, okay? Okay, buddy. I will. All right. Dixie put a request in for a call, and his was... Big Josh, and guess who I've got here? So that's amazing because I put in a call, I put in a request for Polish Joe, and he came right out of the woodwork and gave us a call. So you've got Big Josh now. Big hopefully, Josh. Josh. Hopefully, Big Josh will have a big call here. Josh, Brian, what's going on, Josh? Well, I, uh, my Dixie's got good taste, all I can say. Uh, Adams, hearing that yes. guy from Stanford, uh, do you know when they're just going to name these conferences like, uh, they could change the name of the SEC to Walt Disney World Conference and, uh, Big Ten to maybe the Fox Broadcasting Network Conference? Uh, what's going well, on? It's, yeah, I mean, naming rights are very important in today's world, and and money draw, seems to drive everything. So I guess it's possible you could have instead of SEC, you could have SEC ABC or SEC <laughs> SPN. I think we're uh, the NCAA uh, wouldn't uh, grant. Waivers on those transfers. You know that kid from North Carolina? Did you see that? No, I did not. Are you are you referring to this season or last season? Yeah, th- yeah, this season. Yeah, they they can't grant a transfer uh, to a kid who who uh, originally started. He started at North Carolina Central. His season was canceled because of COVID, so he went to. Kent State played. He went where to play? Kent State. Okay. And I guess he, he blew up there. But he came back home to North Carolina to play this year. And uh, they they said no because uh, he'd already transferred once. So they're they not letting him play at North Carolina is what you're saying? No, but at the same time, you know, you got – Sankey and uh, all the powers that be heading to Washington, D.C., uh, trying to get guardrails on this NIL, while at the same time they're leaving conferences that they belong to for decade upon decade for uh, a few more bucks. 
So I'm taking it, uh, Big Josh, that you believe you're in favor of very liberal transfer rules. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I think Do you Okay, but think about that. Do you believe a player should be able to transfer in a season from one school to another? Yes. Anything a coach or an administrator can do, I think a player should be able to do. Okay, how about this? Um, LSU, let's say LSU and Georgia are playing for the SEC championship in Atlanta. And uh, Georgia's... uh, uh, one of Georgia's star defensive players, there are many of them, say a cup, a package deal, decide they're tra- they will like to transfer to LSU before the game. What do you think about that? Well, uh, I've I seen uh, coaches, you know, Les Miles, you remember when they won their national title, the whole story was he's leaving for Michigan. You know, and uh, he capitalized on that. He made millions off that deal. And, yes, uh, he did. Yes, he did. So you're you're in favor of unlimited player movement anytime. How about this? In the middle of the game, a player says, I don't like the team I'm on. I'm going over to the team on the other sidelines. Would that be okay? Well, I mean, you know, of course that's probably never going to happen, but well, it, it might. Yeah. If you were in charge, though, you would allow that is what I'm asking. Well, yeah, I would allow it. I would okay. allow well, it for sure. Just because sure. these scumbags and pigs and the idiots that run college football uh-huh. who's proven themselves to be scumbags, pigs, and uh-huh. idiots uh, okay. have capitalized on these young kids for years and years and decades and decades. And now, that you know, on the fans that – pay for college football, they continually do the same thing just because they need a few more millions uh, to uh, build a new juice bar or putt-putt course or a damn roller coaster or whatever else they're going to build. I mean, they don't care about history, tradition. They They don't have no morality or integrity, no character. I mean, if it pays good, uh, you know, it's on the table. So why shouldn't it be on the table for those kids? Big Josh, that is a really interesting take, and I think it's something we might debate later in the show. Uh, unlimited free agency um, in the middle of the season, in the middle of the game, in the <laughs> middle of a championship game. And um, well, I, could, I, a coach, you know, could a coach do that, Adams? Could Saban do that if he wanted to? So, yeah, I'm going to pay my buyout, but I'm going over here. You, they're going to give me $20 million instead of $10 million you're going to give me this year. So I can well, go over he, here and just he say, do, to hell with y'all. Y'all handle the second half. Well, he could do that with uh, against a lot of teams, but it wouldn't work against Georgia. Georgia would just say, <laughs> you can stay where you are. We're fine. So, hey, thanks a lot, Big Josh. Thanks a lot, man. Take care. Let's take our last break of the show. This is the Thursday edition of the Tony Basilio Show, presented by Seniors Helping Seniors. John Adams is in the mix. So let's take our final time out. Ryan, who's your ball? Ryan, you hang right there. We'll get to you on the other side of this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones.
This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. 
Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. The Kiwanis Club and Columbia Main Street are partnering to create the best event of the season, the annual Kiwanis Chili Cook-Off and the new Main Street event, Fall Fest on the Square. This will be held September 30th, 3 to 7 p.m., downtown Columbia. There will be music, food trucks, vendors, and entertainment by the renowned Journey Band, Majestic. For more information, visit the Kiwanis of Columbia Facebook page and click the Events tab or go to www.visitcolumbia.com. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Thursday's edition of the Tony Basilio Show are brought to you by Seniors Helping Seniors. John Adams is with us along with Matt Dixon and myself, Brian Hartman. Let's go to our next caller who's been holding on for a while. This is Hoodraval Ryan. Ryan, welcome. Hey, what's going on, guys? John, thank you so much for... Um, Hosting the show today, I always uh, always enjoy Thursdays when you're on. Yep. Hello. Okay, now we got him. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, thanks for hosting the show today, John. Thanks for having me on. Uh, do we sure. want to continue the bit of uh, the caller's rip tone? Do you want me to do that, or do you want me just to go into the call? Uh, you can take a quick cheap shot at Tony. That's certainly welcome. Now, Tone, for, for the record, this is just to keep the bit going. This is not personal. It's really personal. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I was really looking forward to the Six Degrees Rick Barnes Sucks after show where Poli gets his moment in the sun of we just do that for like 30 minutes, and that never happened. And I, and then to make matters worse, Poli, you you quit the bit. You can't quit that bit, Poli. you got to keep that going. So... That's my uh, that's my beef, for what it's worth. Okay, thanks. Uh, what's your uh, what's your question? Well, it wasn't a question so much. You posed the which four teams would you take from the AC or not? Was it the ACC or the Big Twelve? I can't. remember. No, it was for four teams from the SEC that you would like to eject from the league, and four teams you would add from the Big Twelve. Uh, now, the kicking out's hard, but kind of what's your thought on this? It seems pretty inevitable to me that in the next five years, once these big, almost like Noah's Ark, you know, once everyone's on the boat, we're closing the door, and we're going to break away from the NCAA, these two major football conferences. Right now, the SEC doesn't have enough tomato cans. You know what I'm saying? Like, everyone is too competitive minus Vanderbilt, the Big Ten has built in tomato cans with Rutgers, Indiana, Northwestern. I would add Kansas, and if Virginia will come, Virginia, because once we add Clemson and Florida State and Miami's going to figure it out and be good again, I just think there's going to be too many good teams in this league, and they're gonna, we're not going to play the little cupcake warm-ups and they're going to beat each other up 
what are your guys' thoughts about that? Uh, well, um, I don't know. Uh, SEC, te- uh, SEC teams love scheduling uh, cupcakes, as you call them. Uh, Austin P number two on Tennessee's schedule. So uh, that would be uh, some teams want some schools, a lot of schools, and no coaches will want to let go of that. But I think it's inevitable. You're going to have yeah. power conferences, and you will play within those conferences. You'll have super conferences, and that'll be it. Um, I just I think that's the only only way to go. I mean, the NFL doesn't play Canadian League teams to open the season. What do you think, man? Exactly. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it's a it's a good thought. I I per- personally, I I would kick out Alabama and Kentucky out first. Um, kick out well, Alabama. Yeah, that, yeah, you Alabama just don't Georgia. like Alabama. Yeah. Well, I, I well, I, I I don't support terrorist organizations, and and we're giving those 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 two schools <laughs> money. Um, that's kind of supporting terrorism, and I I stand against that because I consider them homegrown terrorist groups. Um, Alabama football, Kentucky basketball. So I, but I, no, I, I definitely think that's why I think you have to keep Vandy in the league. Um, as much as a lot of people want to kick him out, we need an in-state rival and we need that tomato can, as, as Ryan said. Well, and, and where else in the SEC can you go as a visiting team and take over a stadium? Yeah, I think it's exhilarating to fan bases <laughs> to go to an opposing stadium and just take it over and yeah. make it yours I made that and everybody can do that this morning pardon i made that point in the block this morning i like going over there every other year and and, and having 75 percent of the crowd in orange if not more i think i think the With ultimate takeover would be in the opener if hawaii takes over vanderbilt stadium <laughs> hawaii fans. everybody gets a leg just pass out legs yeah. as they go in everybody get one but uh so so John, Ryan, who, who would you okay. who would you kick out of the league? Well, give me four teams well, real quick. That's the thing about kicking them out to replace them is, I guess the obvious choice is Missouri because they don't belong, but we need that tomato can in Arkansas, and you don't want to kick out the Mississippi schools, and then Missouri and Arkansas because now you have gotten rid of all the solid but not great teams. Unless you're replacing them with true tomato cans, this well, conference is going to be way too good. And Ryan, here's my thing. I want to see good games. I want to see competitive games. So I'm on record as kicking out Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Kentucky and replacing them with, from the Big 12, UCF, Houston. Those are huge metropolitan okay. schools. Yeah. So is TCU which has a great all-around sports program and a really good NIL program, and Oklahoma State. I'd like to bring back Bedlam and that Oklahoma-Oklahoma State rivalry. And I think the ones you have mentioned are good choices because, and the Big Ten I think is going to run into this, but again, they have they've built in great, already built in not very good teams like IU and whatnot. You can't have too many 10 win caliber teams or else pretty soon no one wins 10 games but yeah well ryan thank you very much for your call and for your input on uh teams we need to get rid of sounds good matt uh what four teams would you kick out now set your hatred aside and look at it from a business perspective 
what four teams from the SEC would you like to to lose? There would be it would be feasible and make sense and send them uh, into a dark hole and and pull four teams out of the Big Twelve. Who would you pick and who would you add? Well, see, I, I think doing it business wise is is why we're we're going down the road. We are. I don't I don't think that's the right way to do it. I think you've got to be personal and and make okay. it about hatred. I think that's what makes college sports great. That is so, a good point. Again, again, Alabama, Kentucky, kick uh-huh. them out, send them to Guantanamo Bay, whatever. Uh-huh. And then the third one, and I, I, this is again just a personal cheap shot. I'd kick Texas out before they ever even join the league, before they ever get wow. to play games. Wow! Just go ahead and kick, kick them out and just do the ultimate horns down. Uh, because as Josh Heupel said, there, there's only one UT and one right shade of orange. So that, um, that would be three of mine. And then I'd probably, you need, see, I think you need Missouri. Ryan's got a good point. Uh, you, you need those, those kind of built in wins on your schedule. And with Eli, uh, Dimwit up there, that's, that's a guaranteed, you know, win for Tennessee every season. So, so I, I think the fourth one would probably, uh, I kind of like argue. Maybe you could just consolidate the Mississippi schools into one. Oh, and then not kick out anybody. That yeah, would be, yeah. It the, could be old Mississippi State. Old Mississippi State. Yeah, the the yeah. University of Mississippi State or whatever. And, and combining be, all that stuff. Yeah, I, that's not a bad idea they, because they, I University of Ole Miss State. Yeah, and you could call them the uh, Rebel Dogs. <laughs> so yes. I was just curious. So. Matt, what? The land where? Talk. What's your hatred for Texas? Where does that come from? Oh, I just, I just dislike them. I just, oh, okay. you know, no, just, no, no, you no nothing personal. I just, I mean, it probably will be here in like two or three years. It probably will be personal, but well, just, that, just a, a, a school that just thinks they're a lot better than they really are. Oh, okay. They do have their own network. That's pretty pretentious. Uh, Brian, what four teams would you kick out? I'd I'd probably kick out Missouri, mm-hmm. South Carolina, mm-hmm. um, maybe 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 Oak. I don't know. Maybe maybe A and M. A and M. Yeah, I think I'd kick them out. And right, why would you kick A and M out? It's a huge following, huge stadium. Uh, great facilities, and it's not as though if you're a good program, you have to be scared of the Aggies. So why why, why the dislike for Texas A&M? Let's delve deeper into this. I, I don't know. You're asking me. I don't. I, this is kind of hard because I really it's a it's a cult, Brian. Just say yeah. say you don't like cults. Yeah, that's, that's okay. true. I don't like that's, cults. Thank you, Matt. That's fair. I think you know don't don't hold anything back. I mean, if you de- have a deep-seated reason to dislike A&M and to want to kick it out of the conference, feel free to express it in this forum. I think that's what this forum is for. What else? You need a fourth school. Who else? Um, let, let's kick George out because they're, they're so damn good right now. There you go. <laughs> there okay. you go. So, uh, Georgia-Alabama, based on yours and Matt's combined, Georgia and Alabama – so it looks like Tennessee and LSU fighting it out for the championship. Uh, I think uh, when you, I don't know, I, I think uh, I kind of like Matt's suggestion the best. 
you welcome Texas into the league, and then you take another vote and say, no, we'll keep Oklahoma, but we really don't want Texas. And so Texas send Texas back. Where does it go? Does the Big 12 take it back? I don't know. I guess it does. It wouldn't have any pride. Would Texas have too much pride, or would Texas go independent? They, yeah, they'd go independent. But who would want? Who would schedule them then? They, I, I think, they, other program would love seeing Texas on an island with its own network and nobody to play. So I, I didn't see that one coming, uh, Matt. But I, I kind of like that idea. Uh, Brian, did you say we have somebody else on yeah, hold? Let's go I don't to wanna... uh, Tennessee okay. Wolf. Okay, Tennessee Wolf. Not to be f- confused with Tennessee Coyote. I sometimes have a problem distinguishing between the two when I'm out in the wild. Is that a coyote or a wolf? It's a tough call. Oh, it's definitely a wolf. <laughs> okay. All right. I didn't. How are you all doing today? I hope you all doing okay. We are. Good. Um, you know, that guy brought up an interesting point about, um, you know, where, where you can transfer. And I thought about this. How about this? Instead of, um, you know, transferring all the way to the championship game, do it like they do in the pros, have a set day, like, you know, maybe game seven, game eight, you're allowed to transfer until that week, and then after that, no more transferring. Um, As a columnist, I think I would like that. But as a fan of uh, college football, I don't know if I could handle that emotionally. That would... Can you imagine losing your best player after seven games? What if it were a Tennessee player? Yeah, that's the thing about it. That, you know, I mean, but unfortunately, it, it could be going that way. I mean, the way it's going right now, as bad as it is right now, you just don't know. But anyway, though, you know, with all these, um, these teams wanting to go cross-country and so forth and join these, join these other conferences that are far away, you just got to wonder how financially sustainable this is going to be and if it may end up being where football just becomes its own entity and maybe becomes a super conference and all the other sports, they stay where they're at. I think that's a very reasonable prediction. Uh, I, I think we're headed for ultimately an NFL structure where you have divisions, conferences and divisions, and everybody will play within that structure uh, for football. And this is all about football. I mean, nobody's nobody's saying we're going to join another conference because of their of the conference's uh, swimming programs or or golf or or niche sports. So I, I think that's where we're headed, and that really makes sense. I mean, do you want us in the middle of the week? What about baseball, though? See, baseball's tricky. You have a weekend series. Uh, if you're Tennessee, well, no, let's use uh, Big Ten baseball in much, but if you had uh, in the Big 12, you're going to have some long trips for a three-game weekend series. You leave on you leave on Thursday for, say, a Friday night game. I don't think people have really thought it through. Yes, there will be a financial drain because of this, but you're making enough money with your TV contracts that I don't think that will be an enormous factor. To me, 
the biggest factor will be physical fatigue. And if I'm a recruit and I can go anywhere I want to go, do I really want to go into a conference? I don't care how good it is where I'm going to have to make several cross-country trips in a plane every year. Air travel is not fun. And uh, so I think I don't think that people have looked at my, as much at that as they should about how difficulty how difficult that could be uh, traveling from coast to coast. Uh, so Washington playing uh, uh, Rutgers could wait to see that matchup. Well, you know, in the SEC, that's going to be like with baseball. That's going to be a long, you know, Tennessee eventually going to have to go out and play Oklahoma and Texas. And, you know, that's not that's not a short trip. No, but it's nothing like going across all the time zones. They've, they've been it, to A&M already, so it's, it's just one. Yeah, yeah that's true. That, they, that's they probably good, won't have to go to all of them at one year, though, I would think. Maybe that's an excellent point there. That is. Uh, one thing, too, you were talking about what teams I'd like to get out of this league. Number mm-hmm. one, of course, it's it's definitely got to be uh, Vanderbilt. Yes. And and then Kentucky because, you know, every year it's you're just going to get the same old, same old stuff with them. And actually, believe it or not, I miss Missouri. And believe it or not, either Ole Miss or Mississippi, either one of those teams because, you know, really they're, they're there, but they're really never – Competing for a championship like like all the others do. So, if it's well, but at least Ole Miss and Mississippi State have always been here. And and I'm I'm prejudiced because I grew up in Louisiana, 20 miles from the Mississippi border. Hey, I can remember when Ole Miss was a national power. That's how old I am. Uh, so, I just couldn't do that. I couldn't kick out a Mississippi school. And I've been a columnist in Jackson, Mississippi. Covered those schools, so I've got familiarity there. I wouldn't do that. Uh, why do you want to keep South Carolina? What has South Carolina done for this conference? Well, you know, that that's a good point, too. I mean, really, they're there. I mean, that's that's the problem with a lot of these teams. They're there, and they just, you know, they just don't never really compete. But you were, you were talking about bringing some in. I'd like to see the mullet come in here. I'd like to see Oklahoma State because, you know, I mean, that would be bring back, uh, you know, that would bring back Bedlam. And that, you know, bring back some of those rivalries. So I, them or maybe TCU. So, I mean, those teams right there, I wouldn't mind seeing those two. But everybody else in the Big 12, mm, I can't really think of anybody else that I'd want. Well, Houston and Central Florida would get you in huge markets. And Houston can be, I think Houston will end up being really good in the Big 12 once they get the right coach there. I'm not sure it has that now, but eventually I could see it being being really good. Uh, hey, for your call, I appreciate it. Uh, hey, thank you. Suggest- yes, let's take uh, let's take one call here. Let's take one more. Who do we have? Hey, guys, this is the Red Rooster. Red Rooster, welcome. Uh, hey, uh, John, I'll get your comment very quickly. Change the gears just very quickly. I'm I'm teaching school in moment break, so I'm gonna. After I asked the question, hang up. Uh, did, did you all have any comment about the uh, Georgia football program who fired the football staffer uh, who was involved with that fatal crash involving Jalen Carter uh, back in 2023, uh, May of 2023? Did you have any comment one way or the other, John, about getting rid of this lady all of a sudden? Uh, 
No, but I think she filed a suit against she Georgia. So. A suit. She had. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, uh, I, she was involved in this, and I, I don't want to comment on a legal matter because I don't know okay. all the details. So I just That's couldn't comment on that. But normally, uh, businesses don't keep someone employed who's filed a suit against the company. It says here in this quote that uh, they found her expendable. The Georgia Athletic Department found her expendable after not cooperating with investigators. So that's me, right. a well, lot of parts yeah. there. Okay, well, that's probably, yeah, if she didn't cooperate, that's I forgot about that part of it, yeah. so uh, Thanks for your call. Thanks for taking my call. Okay. Uh, Brian, let's uh, let's take a look, quick look at the uh, top ten that just came out this week. Tennessee was 10. Georgia, of course, was number one. LSU, two. Three, Michigan, four. Uh, LSU, six, Alabama. I'm sorry. I'm looking at my list. The top 25 had Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Southern California, Penn State, Florida State, eighth, Clemson, ninth, and Tennessee, tenth. Any any major objections to that ranking from you guys? Uh, Michigan's probably a little bit high, but they they're the only one that's got their quarterback returning into the top six from last year. Well, you know, I looked at that. I looked at that, and that was my first impression. Then I looked at Michigan's schedule, and then I remembered that it's playing Ohio State at home, and I can't get that fourth quarter from 2022 out of my mind in. Uh, at Ohio State Stadium, what Michigan did to Ohio State in that fourth quarter. So I, I wouldn't have Michigan quite that high. Probably have LSU number two. I'm really high on LSU. Uh, anything, Matt, that strikes you about maybe, that maybe. top ten? Not not surprising you're high on LSU. Um, <laughs> I, I, I am too, by the way. I, I think Alabama is too high. Again, I think they're number three. I think that's a three-loss team. And uh, I'll probably look like an idiot here come you know late December. But I've you know been they just have too many question marks, um, especially offensively getting two new coordinators. That they're they're way too high, I think. Um, but maybe that, maybe they proved me wrong. Um, other than that, I think it's I think the list is pretty fair. I think usually at least one in some most years two teams that are preseason top ten aren't ranked in the final polls. And I, I think Oklahoma State was, I think, 10 last year, and they, I think they wound up losing seven games. So who, who of these teams do you think is most likely to not even be ranked at the end of the season? Oh, that's a good question. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. 
Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. 
Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork, and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit TaylorFamilyFarmTN.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people, and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. Gypsy Kings featuring Torino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com. A loud and live production. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.